I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right. This is the Quack 12 podcast. Yes, sir. The most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. And I am joined, as always, wait. <laughs> By the guy who just introduced himself. We have, we have. Adam, you- I watched one game this week. That is right. You watched one Oregon Ducks game. I watched yeah, a couple Oregon Ducks game. One was, one was very baffling. We'll get into that very soon. Um, But the football game was the big one. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw that the men's basketball team had a game. Or, or not the men's, but actually the women's basketball game had an exhibition game. Uh, the regular men's season. basketball too, right? Though, am it, I crazy? Maybe they did. Maybe they My did. My DVR maybe was telling me it was men's basketball, but then it didn't record it. Maybe it wasn't new. Maybe you are getting a little. Uh, I'll I'll look into this. This would be amazing for you to be breaking news to me. No, no, Bro. no. I do not believe that the men had an exhibition game. The women had an exhibition game. However. Playing whom? Uh, Westmont, I believe. And they no, the men butt. had a game. It was like New York preparatory it felt very small uh, news to me my man their <laughs> exhibition games yeah, I feel like and you know the official person. rule on the quack 12 is we do not fully care about basketball until football is over that's right because not because you know football is inherently better it's because my little brain cannot fully comprehend two full-on teams, the men and women's basketball team, at the same time that I'm thinking about these ducks on the gridiron. Right. I mean, there's only so much time that you can be actually dedicating. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to splinter off into the other things, then the quality of work becomes lesser on the football part. And I mean, when you're striking a thousand, why would Mm -hmm. you want to go go down to 900? Precisely. Precisely, Aaron. That was wonderful. You try to get what I'm saying here? Uh, let me tell Making you this premium though. content. Why, why, why water it down? Well, t- let's water it down a little bit, l- a little appetizer, if you will. Uh, sure. I do want to talk about basketball, specifically women's basketball. Got some tough, tough news right off the bat. So somebody's looked, injured. Uh, well, somebody's not, transferred. Not somebody, some buddies, my man. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, and one is the wonderful Tahina Pow Pow. Is no, injured, which is very, very rough. They don't know how long she's going to be out, but the person that they, uh, by the way, yeah, it was Westmont that they just played 95 to 65. Um, Pow Pow was out during that game. However, on October 28th, she was available during that game, and it didn't look like she got injured in that one. So I'm guessing it was during practice. And then also, <sighs> our, our really exciting transfer from USC 
India Rogers, she is out apparently with broken bones. So she's going to be out Dang. for a good chunk of time. And that is really tough when we were looking for them to contribute to to our guard play. We desperately needed them, honestly. Um, but wait a second. This is all preseason stuff, correct? Well, the season's done. I mean, the season started now, man. Like, it's, what? We're getting well, Adam, into it I'm now. sorry. We are going to have to water down the 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 well because <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to have to start talking about basketball. If the season has well, started, I mean, it should be in. That's all I got to say is, um, yeah, is rough okay. injuries. Let's hope players like Maddie Shear can really step up. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, there a lot of talent still. I mean, Sabley's not injured. Prince isn't injured. That's wonderful news. We'll see what happens. I mean, coming up, yep. they got Idaho State. Then they got Dixie State. Uh, eventually they got Oklahoma coming up that that'll be more of a challenge, but still, I mean, it'll be a while, even if they're not the best, I think it'll be a while till they're actually challenged. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, you it was know, just, I think yeah. honestly mm -hmm. thinking on it for a little bit, mm -hmm. I would rather the injuries than what seemed to be the norm there for the later part of last season into the off season, mm -hmm. which is leaving. The how many transfers we had, yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I'll take them gone for a couple of games more than well, for the remainder of forever. It may be for like I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but it, the way they're talking, maybe more of a half a season kind of thing. Like I do not know. We'll we'll have oh, to wait and see how that turns out. I mean, broken bones will do that to you. Yeah, men's so that's that's rough, but maybe these ducks can overcome. Who knows? Yeah, uh, a healthy Sabley and Prince on the court at the same time that can do wonders for your offense. Yep. Uh, Texas Southern at Oregon tomorrow at four p.m. By the way, so both these teams will be playing tomorrow, their first games of the season. I certainly hope we don't lose to Texas Southern. Um, honestly, so hey, many that's faces. it. That's what's that? That's what's the that? game I thought I saw. The men are playing Texas Southern. Uh, it's coming up. Okay. Unless you so maybe you saw talked. something from the future. Is that possible? No, it was my DVR was telling me that it was going to be recording this <laughs> thing, and I just assumed it was recording it during the ducks. But well, I am glad that we figured this out on air, and I demand that you do not cut any of this conversation out. I never do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we'll be yeah, we'll be taking on Texas Southern. Um, they have challenges in the past, so we'll be see. Right. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one. Um. So we only have like two returning starters. So we'll be going from scratch with a lot of promising transfers, a lot of, uh, you know, five-star or high-rated um, new, uh, you know, uh, basketball players. And Dana Altman is going to do his magic and we'll probably kick some ass, even though it's a completely new roster because that is what goddamn uh, Dana Altman does because he's a wonderful, wonderful coach. I think that's enough a uh, uh, basketball talk. I don't know for me, for me, anyways. So I'm the not women have won, but we've got injuries. Well, the, the women have won two up. exhibition games. Right, uh, doesn't count really, but yeah. Okay, but okay. we've won. Yeah, that is. We true. have we injuries, have and that sucks. Yes, bad ones. Men are coming up. We'll see how it goes. The coach is great. Yes, that's some good news. There I you mean, go. That's great basketball well, news. Minus the terrible, terrible injury news, which I think right. could. Uh, but I mean, as far as a news roundup, yo, it's a it. great news roundup. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for flattering me.
Yeah. Um, let's get into the real shit, though. All right, let's we talk just about played the Washington games. Huskies, and Woof. we beat them in you're Seattle. A, and not a, only that, not only did we beat them, yes, it was rough for a long time for the Ducks, Woof. but we humiliated them, and we made them humiliate themselves. Uh, that is how I would put that. Um, That's it was, not a bad way to put it. It was wonderful. Um, they look, it was literally like we grabbed their hands, their paws, and we made them hit themselves. And even though we said, stop hitting yourselves, they did not stop hitting themselves. And in fact, I would like, uh, first of all, this is a, a podcast that curses. We occasionally use curse words like fuck or shit, stuff like that. We're pretty Asshole. edgy. Yeah, sure. Stuff like that. Not all of them. You know, we don't want to get canceled, but we do. We do curse. And uh, I just wanted to say that before I play this video that sneaky Kayvon Thibodeau p- he played or, or recorded, right? Uh, he put it on his Instagram account, I think. So it's basically them in the locker rooms. If you haven't seen it, Duck Bands, it's wonderful. Now, um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's watch the video. Yeah, let's watch the video because there's one thing I want to point out that confused me. Okay, but I love some, the video. There's some curse words, y'all. Just wanted you to know. Yeah. Okay, here, here we Heads go. Heads up, y'all. warnings. You send a message, part of my language, you say, hey, motherfucker. Hello. Yeah. Ducks play football the right Hello. way. Yeah. Hello. 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 In this life, you can't proclaim your way to shit. You, you just can't do it. Let's fucking sing this song. One, two, we all know it. on Balls dancing on the table mm-hmm. like a charismatic cult leader. <laughs> now, that is some fun shit, if you don't mind me saying. Yes, what is he holding in his hand? Are those is he holding a knife? What are you or talking some about? Kind of shears. Kevon Thibodeau, I think those are gloves, my man. I think he's just wearing gloves. Go back to it. Uh, no, never mind. Gonna, no, we can't. We we can't do this to the podcast listeners. You're gonna I have know. to do your own research next week. Come back with what you actually think it is when you watch it. But I will say, it's just a. It's wonderful. I just love that Chris of all, and and like I imagine he's not getting Kevon Thibodeau in trouble with this or anything. Because it's just too badass and it looks too good on the ducks, you know. And and by him, ha- like quote quote, like you know, leaking it, like having Thibodeau just do it and make it look like, oh, I didn't know I was being recorded. It makes it look like this is the proper way to talk trash, not like the way Jimmy Lake's been doing it, you know. Right. You're like you got to look classier. You got to do it a little smarter. Well, it and, also mm-hmm. it's so smart because it shows how unified this team can be. Oh, sure. Uh, which I think is spectacular. You know, I'm just rewatching it right now, quietly in the corner. If you want to keep there, there. Okay. When he's clapping his hand, when he's clapping his hands to the song, there's something mm-hmm. around his fingers. 
And it just looks like these shears. And I'm wondering if they what. Well, it's right there. Anywho. I'm sorry, my friend. I I, sorry, I don't know about that one, but I, I will say it's just really nice. Uh, I mean, them him talking about you know like you can't claim all this shit and stuff like that. you just can't do it. It's yeah, him clearly talking about the Huskies being like we are Pac-12 North champions last season, even though they got it because you know they canceled the game before they played us. Like whatever, we're not salty about that. But it was nice. I loved that footage. I love Cristobal dropping motherfucker in it because that <laughs> that made me laugh. Like, listen to your motherfuckers is a very fun thing to say. Yeah, and I I recommend sure. as many people say it as possible because it's one gets people's attention. You know, I mean, they Sam Jackson's up. made a career off of it. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah, um, that and hold listen, on to your butts. Honestly, maybe we should use that clip uh, at the beginning of every Quack Twelve podcast now. Sure, I'm for it. Is that too crude? No. Fact, let's let's uh bring in uh, our guest um to the studio to ask him if he thinks that is too crude of an idea. Uh, because I get it. You don't always. I mean, we're a cursing podcast, but um, our guest today to break down uh a wonderful, wonderful win over the Washington Huskies. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. You know, it was tough in the beginning when we're we were down the like, whole way through. Well, when we got that safety <laughs> per se, or uh, when uh, Anthony Brown threw that pick because he may be colorblind and he can't see when people oh. are hiding in their logos or something. But, um, you know, that pick was painful, but it's still the entire time. It had the feeling of the Ducks were this big, like, you know, like bulky, like, you know, like hulking, like juggernaut boxer ready to fight. And the Washington Huskies were just this, like, little B that was really getting them for a long time, like getting their eyes, getting their, you know, like getting spots that made it. So it couldn't quite get to them, but you knew when they eventually were able to square up that the ducks were really going to take over the game. And that is totally what happened. I mean, the run game was real. Um, uh, and, and like, the raining was freaking insane. And, and Anthony Brown did have a tough first half, but overall, I mean, the ducks looked dominant, even despite amazing punting. I think that really helped yeah. out the Huskies. Well, I mean, yeah. it was still boring, though. Oh, sure. I mean, well, I, I like it. It's like it. you can look dominant, it. but it's boring because it's just like, yeah. uh, here's, and honestly, here's what it was. The reason why it's boring is because mm-hmm. it was penalties galore and reviews yeah. out the wazoo. And Dude, I'm the like, reviews were, what'd you think of RG3 as a cop? Before we bring in our guests, I want to get your comments uh, or your thoughts on this. What'd you think of RG3 as a commentator? Well, what'd you think of the, the guys talking here? Because I like energetic, energetic and it. awesome. Like, yeah. he was just, speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> oh especially when he was making fun of like um jordan happel with the clubbed interception that was funny like how are you gonna get picked off by a guy with like one hand you yeah know? i mean well that's what's great about it right it's almost unchecked language yeah. like because he's just out there re- reacting and he was excited i did really love that. oh yeah it's so different than like oh hey everybody well, it's me rod gilmore well like, for sure gilmore. they were having a lot of fun with each yeah. other in the booth like they were mm-hmm. having a giggly good time part that literally made me want to punch myself in the face was when the refs so oregon right like uh i forget which tight end i think it was terrence ferguson did not catch that ball he didn't catch it but it was ruled to catch 
And so Oregon set up real quick. They run that running play so that it's like, boom, okay, now let's go on to the next. They take the time to be like, no, wait, hold on a second, to review that he didn't catch it, showing that he definitely didn't catch it. But then they take the time to be like, but as you all know, we can't change anything because there was already a play. It's like, well, then why did you fucking take the time to exactly. go back? That was Jesus. the kind of shit that I was just like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. But um, I yeah. do think the cringe of all moments was the two minutes that felt like two years of them bouncing Travis die rhymes off of each other after he scored a touchdown. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that as I, you, you sent this to me on text and I'm not yeah. sure I caught this moment. They fully. were, it was just too much. It was, they, kept trying to make yeah travis die puns and rhymes and it was like stop it guys just stop because i mean for real 10 sentences worth of just back and forth rhyming to each other i love it well i liked him i I would love more games with loved it yeah it's cringy but i love it it's the game was so boring that i was glad they were there to be so colorful about all of it because it made it better well, there you go. Um, let's finally, now that we've p- put this off long enough, let's bring in our guests uh, from a And then we got to get out of here. And then we got to immediately leave. This has been way too long. Yeah. Um, Addicted to Quack is a wonderful site in which this writer, his name is Hithloday, writes. He writes his duct tape series, which previews each upcoming Oregon opponent and also breaks down the previous uh, game that the Oregon Ducks played. Uh, they're really, they got really helpful clips in there and it, it just helps you see the game in the way it's actually playing. You know, it, get away from the Duck Twitter. Like, this is what's actually happening on the field. Uh, we love having him on. He's basically the third host, but the eternal guest um, at Hithloday1 on Twitter, H Y T H L O D A Y, the number one. Hithloday, we beat the Washington Huskies. And all in all, it was pretty damn close to what you said would happen last week, actually. I think you're almost on the money. Yeah, it was it was pretty damn close. Uh, you said something like 20 to 13 or 26 to 27 like, to something. I think, Yeah, it, it was right about in there. Yeah. And it was about as ugly as we all thought it'd be. Uh, yes. <laughs> There you go. Uh, thank you. Nice having you. Um, <laughs> Wait, we got to get the tagline in. Hithloday, how are you? Uh, I'm well. How are you? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You we know, if I it. if I weren't able to do that, you should fire me. Right. Like I put an accountability section of my articles for a reason. Like, right. Uh, I mean, True. games are mostly predictable. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get some screwy outcomes, of course. But like being able to describe the like the general shape of a game, like, yeah, it's what you pay me for, Adam. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, we did see a lot of um, what we have seen in a lot of other games. And I don't know if you like I didn't feel as scared as you would assume a Duck fan would in the first like quarter, quarter and a half, just because there was 
so much of Washington's success was happening not on offense. You're like, you know, their offense wasn't having to do anything. Right, to exactly. Get the success. It was actually it was interesting. I was actually thinking about this podcast while I was watching the game because you may recall um in the 2019 season when Oregon played Stanford and you had me on this podcast and we were talking about the hidden yards battle of field position. Oh, oh you my know, man, like, I thought of that exact game. Um, you know, and it's interesting because Washington, you know, was getting the advantage, you know, to begin with, because, you know, they would go nowhere, but they would make it far enough down the field that like, that they would then punt and pin Oregon at the one yard line. And then, or, you know, Oregon gave safety one time and, you know, they punt and gave Washington, you know, good field position again. And, uh, you know, uh, and it was interesting because by the end of the game, it had reversed, right? Like Oregon, mm-hmm. you know, there's a drive in which um, Oregon, you know, it's third down and like 10 um, Oregon throws a, a pass that goes like nine yards. Right. And there it, it's like, it's going to be fourth and one at like the 48 yard line, like just about midfield. And uh, when I'm watching the game live, I'm going, you know, go for it, man, go for it, go for it. Uh, and instead they punt. And I'm like, I don't love the decision to punt here, but you know what happens is they pin him within the 10 yard line. Uh, uh, Washington then very predictably goes three and out. Yeah. Uh, Washington, six of them in this game, and that's not including the other punts and the interception and yeah, turnover. Washington punts the ball back, and uh, it, it actually hits Mike Pittman in the shins at about the 45-yard, <laughs> Oregon 45-yard line, but he picks it up and runs it back like 35 yards to the Washington 20, mm-hmm. right? And so now, you know, what has happened? Oregon goes from a fourth and one at their 48 to a first and 10 at Washington's 20, for having punted and played three plays worth of defense, you know, they gained, what is that? You know, 30, 32 yards. yards. Right. Like that. If you view that entire exchange as one drive, instead of two drives with a Washington drive in the middle, like, mm-hmm. Oh wow. That was the best play they could have conducted. A punt yeah, I was and three plays of defense that. is better than a hail Mary, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that maybe happened a few times in this game. It, it happened at least once for Oregon, and it happened at least once for Washington. Just like a safety happened once for Oregon, and a safety happened once for Washington. There's like this weird mirror throughout the game. Oregon starts in the first half with like a 50-50 run-pass split, um, which was probably a mistake given the rain and and the uh, you know the fact that Washington defends the pass pretty well. Uh, but then in the second half, they wise up and just run the ball, including on like second and long situations, right? Like mm-hmm. where in most circumstances, most teams look at second and long, like, well, I guess we better start throwing the ball. But Oregon wised up in the second half. It was like, nah, we can run on second and 10. We'll get like seven yards. Uh, yeah. and now it's third and three and uh, you know what? We're just going to run again. Uh, exactly. If we got seven yards on, on second and 10, we're, we're going to get seven yards on third and three. So, it, you know, it, and, and again, continuing this theme of like mirroring Washington mm-hmm. was much more comfortable running at the beginning of the game. And then they got behind and decided that they were going to get out of it by throwing. And so like, you know, they go from a run heavy to a pass heavy team. Oregon goes from a pass you know, moderate to a a run heavy team in the second, in the second half, uh, it was, uh, outside of garbage time for Oregon, it was 28 runs and four passes. Like (laughs) 
That's wow. how run heavy it was. And Aaron, I heard you talking uh, earlier about how maybe this was a boring game. And I don't, I'm not sure if you included in this the fact that it was so much, you know, it was forcing Washington to punt a lot. And yeah. it was Oregon running the ball a lot. I think for- as soon as you started talking about the running, I was like, right. That's why it also felt kind of boring is that I'm just watching them run a bunch. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I understand why a lot of fans sort of find that, uh, you know, to not be fun. I, I love it. You know, sure. I, you know, because I'm watching the blocking schemes and just what Oregon's offensive line is doing for blocking, you know, to, to open up these holes is just it's like a, it's beautiful to watch. Um, and I get what to do gave it again. me while watching it, too, is like seeing how effortless the runs were that they were just like regularly picking up like good yard, like not yeah. huge breakaway, but, but like. Good. No, they were doing it, you know, that they, they had about twenty percent about twenty percent of their runs went for ten plus yards, which is an excellent <laughs> explosive rush number. Yeah, yeah, but like which is, why not run at that point in the rain? But like but yeah, I, you know, I understand, mean, you know, I think on this podcast I was making a comparison to um to you know watching Oregon's run film versus Cal's run film side by mm-hmm. side, where like Cal and Washington's offense is in many ways very similar to Cal's. Um, where it's like yeah, okay, that is, they're getting like four or five yards of carry. That's enough to stay ahead of the chains. And they sort of like, it's like tapping a nail, you know, it's just tap, 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 tap. And Oregon's out here, smash, you know, tap, tap, smash, tap, tap, smash, you know, onto the next nail, right? Like, they're doing the same thing, right? They're hitting the nail, you know, and, you know, but Oregon is just so much more effective, you know, there's an elegance and a confidence to the way that Oregon runs the ball. Whereas I'm watching other teams like Cal and Washington, where the way they're running the ball is like, okay, we just got to get four yards. I just got to push real hard. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, it's like a a a ton of like Yakko runs, you know, dude, it was, it was like, it must be fucking maddening to be a Husky fan right now for a lot of reasons. But like one of the reasons why is is like when they like lined up against us on like fourth down, it's like, how many times are you going to try to do this? Like this year specifically, like Jimmy Lake, like you're not going to win this battle. Like, like even his, like the recent history between Oregon and Washington. And I guess you do got to go for it because there were other times where he got pretty close, like, you know, third and really short, but in bad territory. And that was a lot of the three and outs, but it it was just amazing to see the Huskies offense. So bottled up though, at the same time, I guess that's not, I mean, that's a very regular thing that has happened this season. I mean, I 100% agree with you about that last part. Like, Washington's offense was totally bottled up. In terms of yeah. going for it on fourth down, like, uh, I actually totally disagree with everything that you said, Adam. Um, Fair enough. Uh, first of all, during most of the season, Washington was pretty regularly picking up those fourth and ones. You know, they do QB sneaks and they do mm-hmm. Wildcat stuffs. And actually, you know, both QB sneak and Wildcat were two of Washington's, you know, most successful. I actually think the most <laughs> successful plays that they had um it, that Oregon on that wildcat fourth and one got a tackle for loss first of all way to go Jeff Bossa um yeah can we talk yeah, was, um I, I would awesome like to talk about him maybe a little later because yeah, he's it, in a lot of talk right now but you know the reason why Oregon got you know was in trouble you know to start out or, or like had a hard time getting going to start out with is because on both of those punts in which race Porter, you know, Washington MVP punter race Porter, race Porter, uh, <laughs> another, another crazy named uh, kicker in the pack 12. I love Oregon it. is expecting them to go for it on fourth and one. If you look at the way that Oregon is lined up to defend the punt, 
they don't have anybody back deep. That's they right. Think it's a fake. They yeah. think they're going to sneak it. And both times, you know, Washington, you know, get downs the ball, the one yard line, because Oregon's, you know, the punt team is like, we don't, we're not taking you seriously as, as punting. Like, what do you do? You shouldn't be punting in this circumstance, right? Like they're <laughs> yeah. both their tendencies. And if you look at the analytics say like they shouldn't have punted and then they did and it paid off, you know, for them and Oregon definitely like, I, I don't know what's going on with the punt team. I, I, you know, I, I don't really study special teams, but I, I am smart enough to be able to see that like, there's no dude back there you know i can count all 11 guys here like it would have been helpful yeah so the fact that you know so you know really every time washington was in a fourth and one situation they basically you know they basically won up until that wildcat play Mm -hmm. you know that was the unusual thing (laughs) you know true Uh, i guess i had that against michigan there was one play that just really probably cemented that idea in my head yeah well that's why you know Watching I'm a film true and doing the math is right. Like, I'm, I'm you, you yeah, remember I'm like the ball. super memorable one play, and then you forget uh-huh. the 13 ones that are like I should do you know, like the, the AP poll. I should that <laughs> should have proven that I deserve my vote. Is is my uh, yeah, assessing a team from like, well, I remember this highlight play, yeah, right, I remember that highlight play. That's very um, common, Adam. Uh, you're certainly not alone in doing so. Hey, I'm a pro. Um, so. Uh, yeah, and I, I do got to say that 2019 Stanford game did come to mind, too. And I think from now on, when Cristobal is playing against the team, that he's like, they do not have an offense. I think you can really expect the game to t- turn out a lot like this and to look a yeah. lot like this. When, when it's like a provable thing of like, they... I. They don't got any surprises up their yeah. sleeve offensively. No, I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't shocking, but at the same time, it is kind of shocking how, like, you know, uh, there was somebody in the comment section of one of the forums I posted my article in, my, my Friday preview article, mm-hmm. who then, after the game, on like Saturday night or Sunday morning, goes back to that thread and writes, uh, what I loved was feeling like Tony Romo calling out the play before it <laughs> happened because I read Hitler's article, you know, or it's like yeah. Washington has such clear tendencies that they never deviate from. And I pointed to several of them out in my article, like, you know, there's a particular formation where they always run to a particular, you know, the side of a particular tight end. And so yeah. like, and I, I mean, I was doing it home too. I was pointing to the screen, like it's a run, it's a run to right there. And then as soon as the ball is snapped and I put a clip of this in my article, which I just sent you, Adam, I don't know if you have had a chance to look at it yet, but like, nice. Where it's like, is as soon as the ball is snapped, all of the Oregon defenders are moving. Like, I'm not kidding. You can see nine out of the 11 of them on the screen. And <laughs> nine out of 11 of them are going exactly to where the ball is supposed to go because that team never deviates from its tendencies. And like, you know, and their offensive coordinator just got fired. Well, that's guess what I was going to say. You know? is, is that your fault? Is it, are you at least partially <laughs> to blame that John Donovan, I mean, always. the offensive coordinator for Washington, was fired? And by the way, Hith- uh, Aaron, this is breaking news. Basically, probably just for you, maybe for some listeners. Jimmy Lake, uh, do you remember that moment? There's a little confrontation where um, a Washington player was mouthing off probably to a duck, I imagine. And Jimmy Lake runs over because he doesn't want a penalty, you know, called on any of his, his team or anything. He runs over. He kind of pushes or kind of smacks or slaps a player's kind of mask area and then pushes him in the back away. Do you remember this moment at all? No. Quick. Well, that moment actually uh, came under investigation, got a lot of went 
somewhat viral, Pac-12 viral. Um, the AD for Washington, like said, we're looking into it. And Jimmy Lake is on a one-game suspension for next week. Uh, wow. They, yeah, yeah. Um, so Which is great. Arizona State will, will play three interim head coaches in a row. Because they <laughs> went bad. Dante Williams, Jake Dicker, and now uh, uh, Bob Gregory. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, and people have, were saying how funny it would be if, like, Washington pulled off the upset right now and then, like, okay, Jimmy Lake, get back in here. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I called Washington to win this game in the preseason. I mean, I didn't think that Washington was going to collapse this badly. But, yeah. like, I also didn't think that Arizona State would sort of collapse as badly as they did in their previous two games. So, like, yeah. Um, well, damn. Uh, so, so, yeah, Jimmy Lake won't be there next year. Um, let's talk about some of the I mean, most right, yeah. you're or it. sorry. Well, let's pray to God. He's there next year. Honestly, yeah. it's a really good thing as a duck fan. It's like, instead of firing his ass, they just like, uh, first of all, they fired his offensive coordinator, which makes you think that they're gonna usually a lot of times when they do moves like that, it's like, okay, we're going to give the head coach another year or so get them maybe one more higher under their belt. Sometimes it's like that. Uh, and then the fact that it's just a one week suspension and not just like indefinite or you are fired uh, is good for duck fans. Cause that means Jimmy Lake may be around for a whole nother year. I mean, there's a chance there's a chance. I mean, besides the I mean, fact like that most of the PAC 12 needs to get fired. I mean, that's really the yeah. situation that we're in, right? Like Rolovich had to get fired. Lake needs to get fired. Wilcox probably should get fired. Probably. David Shaw. Like, yes, I know they beat Oregon <sighs> that. And you know, honestly, Stanford's not going to get any, anybody better, but like, honestly, at any other school, he would have been fired by now. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like Chip um, Kelly needs to get fired. Clay Helton yeah. already has been fired. Uh, Kevin, works. someone was, oh, I guess, Jed Fish's job is safe. Um, Carl Durrell's probably, you know, I don't know what Carl Durrell's doing. Like, I can't, like, Kyle Whittingham <laughs> and Mario Cristobal and Jonathan Smith, although Jonathan Smith's team just fell apart, like, they're yeah. all mad at him now. Like, yeah. name a good coach in the Pac-12. You know, like, name, a, like, there's all these job openings, like, LSU fired their coach because because he's a sexual predator or something. I, I, I Holy quote me shit, on that. really? I'm not well, sure if that's allegedly, allegedly they fired him. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bunch of programs Programs that need to replace their coaches, you know, on the East Coast. Do you think a single one of them is looking at a Pac-12 coach? Oh, like no. they're not going to take Whittingham because he's never going to leave Utah. Frankly, that guy's probably going to retire in the next year or two. Nobody's yeah. going to take David Shaw because he's, you know, wedded to to Stanford. And Oregon's willing to put up the pony up the dough to keep Mario Cristobal. Like every other coach in the Pac-12 is not in demand. Like mm. not even a little bit. Like this. Oh, fuck. What if they like? What if David Shaw like is fired at Stanford? And hired at Washington. Is that a possibility? That kind of seems like but I mean, academic prowess is a real thing for Washington. So if you get Shaw, I mean, come on. That's good. I, it's it's not the craziest idea that I've ever heard. Like it does seem like it would be a fit, but like why? Why would David Shaw? I mean, he was he played Shaw's there, safe as know, hell like for some reason. Just like John, just like they're not gonna get Jonathan Smith because he played at Oregon State. Yeah. Like and Washington well, is not gonna pony up the do they're they're not gonna make an offer you can't refuse. Just Washington's not in that financial situation, nor is it their culture. Like, yeah, no, I'm just saying that, like, you know, it, I mean it's hilarious. On September 1st, every you know, 11 out of 12 Pac-12 fan bases was saying Mario Cristobal is a lousy coach. Anybody can beat that chump. Yeah. Um and, and here we are on uh, uh on November. 
November the 8th. And, you know, I'm telling you what the narrative is going to be from those 11 fan bases is going to be like the fact that every Pac-12 team fired their coach. It proves what a lousy coach Mario Cristobal is yeah. because he could only win the Pac-12 against all these lousy coaches. Like, yeah. it's just like, you know. Funny. And some team in Ohio, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, give me a break, guys. Like, I don't, I really don't think that most fans have any idea what makes for a good coach or a bad coach or a good football team or a bad football team. I think they look at wins and losses uh, and, you know, you know, close wins or whatever. And they sort of like, well, my team could beat that team. Yeah, they didn't this year or last year or most any year. But like, oh, they totally could, though. Like, they just need to put me in at coach. And uh, if I were calling the play, it's just like, can you, break dude like there's well, one good coach in the pack 12 and one reason why he's good because he gets high level talent and not only that but he'll mold other talent into the form that he needs at this time and uh that's my introduction to jeffrey bassa who you know started at safety oh, that was a hell of a segue adam way to Thank go you. high yeah. ranking safety too <laughs> high ranking safety and yeah, it was a four-star safety yeah uh, now a linebacker and i i want I mean, obviously, six tackles, four solo, one sack, one and a half tackles for a loss, one pass defended. And I loved seeing how many. And this is probably what you're saying, too. If the day is just like knowing, like really studying Washington ahead of time is how many passes defended. Like, Noah Sewell no, yeah. got a couple, too. Like, it was so wonderful to see. But specifically, I want to know it's how super predictable offense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do you think Bossa is like? Do you think he could be like, hey, this may be a starter uh, next season at linebacker or maybe like very much in the rotation at linebacker? Like, has he found his spot or is this someone just exceeding in a position that still isn't their best spot? I'd like to see. This was definitely Jeffrey Boss's best game. Um, Whenever somebody has a great game, I always say, well, I want to see it again. You know, like anybody can have a great game once. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, you know, it happens all the time that you get really excited about a dude, you know, and it turns out it's just a single game performance. If he can continue doing this, like, yeah, definitely. Look, I've usually, I have, if you had asked me this question even two weeks ago, my response would have been no, you know, as soon as Oregon gets its actual linebackers back, they need to move their safeties back to safety because guess what? They're also having a safety problem, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Steve yeah. Stevens is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Bennett Williams is injured. Jordan you know, Happel has, has to go out there and play with what, you know, a club on his hand right um and it's <laughs> not like i was in love with jordan watch, Happle, though, by the way. you know like mm-hmm. um so you know you know honestly the fact that you know boss would probably be more valuable in the safety quarter for and gets its inside linebackers back but he played a pretty good game you know um not only played a pretty good game but it was like i i i don't i don't think i saw much of keith brown or nate hey kalani um mm, i'm not really sure why that was um you know, they'd sort of been like sharing the load and, and this game seemed like, no, we've just decided the boss is the starter now. Um, you know, it's really, you know, I, I don't know where it goes from here. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, I mean, I still have on my tally sheet, like, look, man, he had a good game. I, I'm glad for him. And in fact, I'm including several clips in my article in which he does a really good job. He's also still the biggest week, you know, weak link of Oregon's offense right now. You know, like you. there's still definitely plays where like, you know, there'll be a clip of this in my article too, where like he goes in to stop a run play. He's in the right position. Like he's a smart guy. He's learning the position well, but like he's going up against 
you know, number 51 Kirkland, who's their senior linebacker and will, or excuse me, uh, left tackle and will, you know, probably be drafted, uh, uh, you know, next year. And like, he's just given, getting driven back five yards. Cause, cause he's built like a safety, you know, like, and he's, yeah. you know, going up against offensive line. He sort of gets driven back in a way that like Noah Sewell doesn't because he's a big, you know, that dude's 262 pounds, you know, Dude, Noah, so, Noah Sewell. It, it is so nice that, like I'm excited for I'm hoping this happens again. I'm hoping Utah fans truly have a short enough memory that they're going to start building up the whole thing of like, you know what, Oregon uh, they, with all that money and all the training for they're that they're the fake strong. We're the country strong. I can't sure. wait till we get out there and bully them again and then we just like blow them off the line at the end of the season and then blow them off the line at the Pac-12 championship game. I'm hoping that happens again. And one of the reasons why I have so much confidence is because just Noah Sewell as just a run stopper has been so goddamn fun to watch. Yeah. And then not only that, but I mean, he, he batted down a couple of balls, as you see here. Yeah. Like, well, they've been playing yeah. a formation a lot where like, you know, they, they line up with six in the box. They, um, they wind up dropping, they rush for, they drop one of the dudes out, and then they have Noah Sewell playing the spy. And he, all he does is just stare at the quarterback the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the quarterback is going to run, you know, on a scramble or whatever, then his job is to make a beeline for the quarterback. But otherwise, his job is just to stand in front of where the most likely, you know, underneath throwing corridor is, which like mm-hmm. for a lot of teams that work in plays, that's very predictable place. And he just stands there, stands there, stands there, jumps up and knocks the ball down. Like, yeah. yeah 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 it it's uh he's amazing i gotta say that um i don't know uh aaron do you have any more thoughts that popped into your head during this game anything that uh i mean there was a lot of oh, time yeah. to think certainly a lot of time to think with these refs yeah uh well i could ask kith Leday why he thinks they were reviewing so much uh, who knows? They don't, suck. That's why. Don't, don't ask so me annoying. to go inside the minds of madmen. But then they like, suck at their job. Man. Okay. <laughs> Two things. It's not actually. You know what? I, I think actually. Uh, I think it was James Crepia of the Oregonian who said this, and I totally agreed. Which is that, like, I don't mind the fact that they're doing reviews. If they get the spot wrong, then reviewing <laughs> it is a good thing. The yeah. problem is they keep spotting the ball wrong. Like, yeah, right. and, and and that review after Oregon had already run the ball—that one was <laughs> insane. But you know, <laughs> there's a bunch insane. of. I mean, honestly, like I, I don't like Dwellin, but like there's a bunch of. Um, do you think it was a safe? Do you think the duck safety was a safety? Like the one that was that you know they were called against them um they he was out right and like is it that if he runs back, i mean yes it should have been forward progress yeah it was, but it wasn't but if you get forward progress uh if they you are being forced back you only lose forward progress if by your own volition you go backwards but that obviously was not the case but like i don't you know so yeah, they would have been on the one inch yard line, you know, like they wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have been a safety, you know, like, I yeah, but know. the next play would have been, you know, like, yeah. you know, I'm not wild with that. The ones that I, the one that drove me nuts was, you know, Oregon won this game 26, you know, by, by 10 points with 26 points. Like mm-hmm. they could, it could have been 40 points because there's two drives at the end of the game. One, of which Travis die gets the one yard line, but then they call it back because Alex Forsyth was blocking too hard. It was, yeah. it was a ridiculous thing ever. I didn't, uh, I, I actually have no idea what 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 was the actual you call, can barely see it. it you can barely see it was it. an unnecessary roughness call yeah right un- and, yeah, and okay. it's basically he blocks him really well and then the dude's on the ground and he starts to get up 
You push him down. The play is still live. Yeah. So Forsyth goes and hits him again, which is 100% what you're supposed to do. Make him eat dirt. Like the play is not dead yet. If the play is dead and you're still hitting dudes, then that's a late hit. But, eh, or if what you do is go up to him and you give him the, the people's elbow, like that's also not cool. But if it's the dude is getting up to try to, you know, and the ball is still live, then mm-hmm. going up and shoving him again to the ground is 100% what an offensive lineman is supposed to do. Yes. Like it was insane that that was called. And then so that would have been at the very end of the game where yeah. Oregon wanted to, uh, to, to tack on another score. Cause God damn it. Good for them. Uh, yeah. You know, the refs start the clock 15 seconds early. Right. Um, like they straight up screwed the mechanics up on the final snap. Like, uh, you know, and, and there's a couple others. There's some, a bunch of missed holds. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to go into it too, too much. They're bad, frankly. But like, I'm yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of bad calls in this game. Like My bad and, and the reviews as obnoxious as the reviews are the reviews, I think got every play right. You know, like every time they went to review the, the correct result of the review happened. It's just like they're reviewing too well, much because they're screwing up the initial you know spot too much. But like the reviews never forget, bothered me. I'll never forget. They're like, oh, yeah, we reviewed it. That that wasn't. A yes, catch. that was not a shit we can do about it. But yeah, that's not. Catch. I don't know why we started doing this. To be Is honest. there? Yeah. Is there a referee union and. Are they mad about something currently? And can they be dismantled for a new one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. My only other thought about this game was how funny it was after the failed something happened with Washington right there at the end where they basically oh, biffed the it. Yeah. So it was they were going and to then they from cut their own to end the zone. stadium and it's yeah. just everyone's walking out. And I was just yeah. like Ooh, Aaron, you saw a moment <laughs> that quite that could very well be one that I hope it gets talk. played in Autzen Stadium in the future. Yeah, yeah. that is like fl- fl- flinging that ball. It's yeah. also it's just wonderful because it's just like first of all you got the decision of we're gonna punt, which you know I'm not gonna sit here and be like that's the worst decision ever. Everybody was booing that shit. It was like what I, mean, like I understand why 10? Washington fans hated it. Like if I go down the total analytics, I think it was the right call i um, think so i mean with with the offense that they were playing with that day yeah i think it was yeah like but, i have no yeah. confidence that they're going to drive the field from that point on the other hand if they successfully pull off the punt and if they get oregon to do something stupid then but, they get knows, you know yeah. if they get a turnover if they punt to the 50 yard line and then get a turnover, then they've gained 50 yards of field position yeah. and that's a higher probability of getting a touchdown than Mm, then sure. going for it on fourth and 10 on the one yard line. And now you still have, even if you get it, have 90 yards that you're supposed to go. Like, I think, I think by like a, a millimeter that that was the correct decision. And, well, but it, then the football gods punished them. Like, you know, every football fan is at least somewhat religious. That was funny believes in the football gods who punish you for cowardice. Yeah. And, and <laughs> they're like, and wrong no. place, wrong Cow- place. Interesting too. Right, because doing that punt kind of goes back to utilizing the same logic as of what happened earlier in the game that you were talking about with the Ducks, whereas we ended on the 45, three plays later, we're on the 20. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, like, well, maybe they I, were hoping that. I, something yeah, they could I, I kind of got the logic, but like football gods care not for logic. Football <laughs> gods care for bravery and zeal right. and gallantry. Right. And when you uh, conduct a, a cowardly act or profit by um, by by knavery, then then the football gods punish you. You know, you the just ball, don't do that. Ball, you just ball don't do lie. That. You yeah. know, the, 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 the ball flew out of the long snapper's hand and up through the uprights because the football gods were displeased. When you, you can't claim shit, you just can't do it. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah just like they said. In the I will room. say I what I did love about that biffed um, snap yeah. was that the camera angle of the play happening, <laughs> you actually get to watch the ball perfectly hit the cameraman oh yeah filming yeah it. there was a dude yeah was, and i was, was down that angle i was like yes you get this it, it was, was so like, funny oh, like, the ball look of, like resignant right like uh, on you can't see exactly see his face his body posture was just like of course this happened to me like mm-hmm. yeah it's just like this is my life now and like <laughs> you said aaron the fans happened. the fans just out just streaming dude out. and it was and amazing it was, but those last minutes you really saw a fan base that had like not just hope anymore in the game or the night but literally like this team is over oh yeah oh yeah man well and and it's just it's not only that but obviously like the way lakes acting lately and it's just it's not at least at least hellfrich was quiet you know, at least he wasn't like mm-hmm. running his mouth saying shit like this. Um, this is true. You know, yeah. frankly, all the people who are like, this guy's purple Helfrich. This guy's as bad as I'm just like, dude, have some respect for Mark Helfrich. You know, yeah. like, Mark <laughs> Helfrich was way better than this dude. Mark Helfrich got Oregon to a national championship and he was, you know, kind and polite. He said, you know, remember the, the Jesus girls and Marcus Mariota interview? Like, yeah. you know, he pivoted to, to praising in very sincere and kind terms. Like, I got a lot of warmth in my, and plus, like, I really have been enjoying when i listen to him call other games he's a, he's a true right duck now. fan he's from like, oregon yeah yeah man just like no 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 you don't get to compare jimmy lake to mark helfrich anymore like jimmy no. lake is his own screw up absolutely <laughs> and and like helfrich you know did get us to a goddamn national championship you got oregon a, a heisman and a national championship run like yeah. okay yeah. Hey, I have a question. It says, I want to zoom back out because it was something y'all were talking about earlier, but from a different perspective a little bit, which was that with all of the terrible coaches going on in the Mm Pac-12, where does the Pac-12 pull from to bring the level back up? Where do they look? I think there's the Mountain West coaches right now. Um, if, be good. if BYU weren't joining the Big 12, Kalani Sataki would be a hot target, um, but he'll probably just stick with BYU because he's got a Power 5 school now. I think Kalen DeBoer at Fresno State will probably be a hot property. Um, I think there's a good chance that Andy Avalos at uh, Boise State, um, mm. who's now uh, – Boise State beat – the two teams that I just finished talking about Fresno state and, 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 uh, BYU. BYU. Thank you. Um, like India, you know, we obviously had a pretty good defensive, you know, uh, uh, time in Oregon. Like, I think that he might be a hot property. Um, San Diego state's been killing it. Uh, it might be, you know, that's Brady Hoke of all people. Um, like, you know, he might get a job. Like there's, there's a couple of good mountain West coaches this year. Uh, it's probably gonna be some NFL. They usually go like the NFL, some weird uh, Nevada has been killing it for two years. Like, like is any program in such a bad state that it makes sense to start with like an offensive 
coach, like offensive coach or whatever, have well, them come up all to got be their head own... coach for super cheap because your program's just fucked. So you mean promote from within? Like, yeah. Um, in the Pac-12, there's no because yeah. there aren't any. There aren't any obvious candidates for that. There, there may be some co- some schools that are in a situation that would make sense to do that. I think Washington State. There's a good chance that they retain Dickert as their. Yeah, I mean. We'll see if they beat us next week. Certainly, I mean, I, this is what I was just talking to Michael Preston about this when mm. I was on their podcast, you know, and uh, center that is, I believe, right? Uh, we and we were talking a little bit off air before I, I, I took off, you know, about like, you know, what, what are the different scenarios, um, for Dickert being retained? And, uh, you know, the tough one is what if they. What if Washington State has then ended their season where it implies that Dickert's a pretty good coach and they want to keep him as a DC, but they want to go a different direction for the the new head coach? Like they want to go with more of an offensive head coach because that's really worked out for them pretty well the last several, mm-hmm. you know, coaches that they did. Like, what does Dickert do? You know, if he sort of yeah. demonstrated like I could be head coach material, does he say if you don't make me the head coach, I'm walking? Like, you know, mm. Washington's Washington State could could play themselves, could sort of paint themselves into a corner here or, or um, a big bonus like co- are you a big raise yeah hopefully is sure DC. there you go yeah like, right but like with what tough. money what wazoo is like deep yeah. in the red right like you know i don't know those guys just don't i think that's a, i think that's a good answer if if dickert like either be us or just just even or you know probably going to beat the huskies for the but first I mean, time you win the apple cup you know oregon state just fired their defensive coordinator that's right um you know washington just fired their offensive coordinator and suspended their coach you know wazoo's at a head coach usc's at a head coach um arizona state has three different coaches suspended and they're probably gonna you know be looking down the barrel some ncaa problems herm edwards is not looking like you know he's the answer you know th- there's a lot of i mean and then we haven't even gotten to programs that you know really should be taking a very hard look at their coaching situation like you know ucla and cal you know should really seriously consider firing um um kelly and wilcox yeah yeah well um meanwhile what's the percentage of reality uh and now i'm brain farting on his name but our offensive coordinator going somewhere oh joe moorhead yeah I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I'm. I'm not sure if he. I, I'm not sure what he wants to do. Um, You'd hope we'd have at least one more season before he makes whatever move. He he's was. Got. You would hope. You he know? was a really good head coach at Fordham for for a long time. Um, oh, he's done the head coach game before. Yes. Oh yeah. But it was at I a very. It was a very specific circumstance. He was at Fordham, which is actually his alma mater, and um, he's. He was born in Pittsburgh, but that was the school he went to. Um, Fordham's in New York. Uh, and he was the head coach there for a long time and like took him to FCS, you know, playoffs multiple times. Like, and, um, and that's actually where they got him out from, you know, when, when Franklin at Penn state, you know, got him, um, you know, to run their right. offense. Like he went from an head coach to an offensive coordinator and like, but Fordham's, you know, Fordham is a very different school from Mississippi state, which is where the next head coaching job that he had. And it was sort of a disaster at mm-hmm. Mississippi state and talking to everybody uh, about, you know, Mississippi state was just like this guy, you know, the discipline on the team was terrible. I can tell you from doing film study that he was making really bad personnel decisions. And like, you know, I, 
it, it might be a situation where, you know, I, I'm not sure if the guy is really a good fit for a power five head coaching job. Um, I, and- I bet someone will give him a shot, though. like, especially if he had, you know, if we end this strong and then next year, if he gets some real good toys again and like another good showing, if, I, I sure think someone will forgive him. Someone will if, take a shot. if Shaw goes to the NFL. Mm. Stanford might actually be a pretty good place for Moorhead because it sort of recruits itself or like the type of player that Stanford needs. They, they kind of get that by just saying, I'm Stanford, please come here. Right. And, and he probably doesn't have to worry as much about like the sort of discipline and personnel problems that sort of plagued him at Mississippi state. I mean, it's a program which is comparable. I'm not saying that Fordham is the Stanford of, of of new york but like you know there he he was as successful as he was at fordham because he wasn't running into the same problems that he was running into at mississippi state so when people have been suggesting him from the wazoo job i'm just like wazoo is the mississippi state of the palouse you know that's gonna yeah, be right, a disaster okay. you know um so if the right job comes along then yeah he could definitely bolt um but i'm not sure the right job is open in the pac12 uh for him right now um we'll see. and i mean i feel like <clears throat> kind of to adam's point too it's like he's being so successful why would he want to leave but with so many opportunities and windows to leave kind of makes it like well shit you got to cash your chips in at the right moment yeah at least what they're looking for um or yeah. he's being like i want to be an offensive coordinator at a really good school that'll keep paying me a whole yeah lot of money. he's like i'm getting paid hella great I, and i'm winning i mean yeah. there are def- there are coordinators that you don't find them that often generally these guys are such egomaniacs that yeah. you know and you have to be you have to believe in yourself at 100 percent uh to do this job and generally like everybody is just trying to get a head coaching job simply because mm-hmm. i want the power you know or maybe he'd want to go to the nfl as an offensive coordinator or something maybe that's a sure step he wants uh, to know yeah um, but there are people who are just like, no, I love coaching college and I don't want to have to deal with all this stuff that a head coach does. I just want to do my thing. Right. Um, and, and it's possible that he, you know, turns out he's one of those guys. I, I'm not sure. He was a head coach at Fordham for so long, though. I, I kind of have a hard time believing that. I think he's probably waiting for the right gig um, to open yeah, up. I'm just saying that I don't really see the right gig in 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 uh, in the Pac-12 right now. But people get desperate. We'll see. All right, y'all. It's time to look. At the rest of the schools, unless unless there's any final thing you'd like to say about this. Well, I just spent a long time talking about Joe Moorhead. I think that he, you know, if anybody deserves to come in for the brickbats, uh, you know, for Oregon, it's Joe Moorhead because he shouldn't have been calling 50-50 run pass in the first half. Yeah, I um, mean, brickbats? Y- you did. You've not heard that expression? No, uh, you did um, make me think uh, I, I did think about you on that first drive specifically, especially considering it ended in an in interception uh, where it's just like, why the hell are we throwing the ball? No, yeah. we're supposed to. Well, that's what I was the doing. The whole time. I was like, yeah. stop it. Stop throwing the ball. What are you doing? And then in the second half, when they don't throw the ball, except yeah. for very selective moments, uh, I was just like, is this a tacit admission that you made a mistake? You know? Yeah. Like, honestly, I am fine with a lot of these games just being like okay we're gonna start this 
by running the ball down your damn fucking throat. I mean, the thing, that's, the thing that's weird <laughs> is, you know, as a film reviewer, I'm trying to pick out because Anthony Brown makes some mistakes in this game. You know, yes. he, he, there's there's some bad balls in this game. It's actually not many. The pick is real bad, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's maybe colorblind. There's, there's a drop to that one, frankly, wasn't as terrible as the Stanford one. Like the Stanford one is just like he just totally didn't see that dude. And he threw it right at him. The, the Washington pick is more like he thinks he can zip that ball faster than the washington linebacker can react and that's jump over and get into the lane and it turned out the linebacker was capable of doing that and so he probably shouldn't have run that risk but i, I don't hate it as much as i hate yeah. the stanford one the stanford one made me think that there was something seriously wrong with him like mm-hmm. and maybe no it was um but we're not going to talk about that um this pick was more like it was bad. Anyway, the, the other problem is there's like three or four other like bad balls or sort of bad decisions. But the problem with it being so rainy is it's like, I can't tell whether or not that's Anthony Brown throwing a bad ball yeah. or the ball is wet and it slips out of his hand. Mm. And ultimately I still think all of it, you knew that Anthony Brown is a somewhat inaccurate passer and you knew that it was rainy and you knew that Washington defends the pass really well. And you knew that Washington doesn't defend the run at all. And so they're like, if you know all four of those things, then you should never throw and you should never put me in the position of trying to figure out whether or not that was Brown to the rain. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That was my complaint. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe I was just zoning out, but how much, did he run the ball? Did Anthony last Brown? week we were talking about they uh, were terrible at stopping the quarterback. He um, wasn't too. He, he didn't. Uh, Twelve carries for sixty-three yards. And yeah, that you're going to mix some. Touchdown. You're going to mix a scramble into that. I can give you That's an true. answer for how many. Um, the real, yeah, because runs. you have to give me. Oh, you know when they get sacked or they or they get taken down for a yeah. loss as a quarterback, they subtract that in college for some reason from the right. running yards. So. Well, he had. He, had he continues s- to show just how strong oh, he's a good he runner. is. Yeah. And like uh, the way, whenever, was he the one who tackled after the interception? I don't uh, know. Who ta- I yes, can't remember who was. tackled him. Oh, it was him? Yeah. It and he brought cool. him down. It was like, this is actually just an extremely athletically strong yeah. person. He's oh, big. But I'm like, is why he? is he not running? Every four downs, he runs oh. a lot, dude. I mean, he yeah. he, there, it, he had seven. Um, let's see, he had one, two, three, four. He had four that were runs all the way. It was 100% the quarterback was going to run. He had three more that were, um, you know, read keeps where, you know, he's reading the defense, and, and because the defense was a certain way, he was supposed to keep the ball. There's also. Uh, there's also 15 more where he, where the, the way the play is designed, he could have kept the ball, mm. but the defense defended it in the way that it made sense to, to, to hand. Oh, so, um, so there were so, a shit ton more chances where he could have ran, but the option became, yeah, it was the correct. Negotiate. He made the correct. I don't have a single wrong read from him in the run game or the RPO game in this week. Dang. So, so, which is good. Um, yeah, very good, especially given that there is so much problems in, in weeks four and five because that was not the case. Um, but like, yes, this uh, this offense definitely, you know, not only explicitly commands him to run on a significant chunk of plays, but on a even more significant chunk of plays, you know, the option, if appropriate, is there for him to run. Yes, it's a very big part of it, Aaron. Yeah, um, interesting. I just, yeah, cool. Okay. Well. Let us uh, pick apart the rest of this terrible, 
terrible conference in uh, one of our favorite you segments. You want to pick your bottom 11. I cut you off for your jokes. I could tell it was going blue. Um, bottom 11, that is right. Let's talk about the rest of the Pac-12. Um, uh, I should definitely have the uh, it all pulled up, but I don't. God, I'm now. excited to talk about Arizona. Well, Aaron, <laughs> there are, are so you? many great ones. Yeah, um, let's get into it. So we started off. We started off with a bummer of a game for Stanford fans. A true, true ass kicking on Friday. Utah just opening up a can of well, whoop ass, and beating them fifty-two to seven. Ooh, on the farm, fifty-two to seven. Damn. Uh, and Tanner McKee what uh wasn't playing he he wasn't there so it came down to like jack west okay and um i think another qb i kind of forget but uh it was just a freaking ass kicking i was hoping this game was gonna be kind of competitive but it was not it was it was terrible uh stanford ain't no good and it really goddamn sucks that we lost to them right that's all i gotta say about this right that is the downside to me Real stinker, yeah. That the our one loss is so bad, um, and that and that'll be the one thing that's remembered whenever it's time for us to be considered for the playoffs. Well, I mean, thank God we have that Ohio State. Thank God we booked Ohio State, you know, because uh, that's what's really doing it for us. Um, Air Hithliday, did you give this game any any watch, any thought? Uh, I watched the three drives it took for uh, Utah to get it to 21 to zero because at that point the game became garbage time. Yep. And I knew that I didn't have to. The first three, the first First three three drives, the Utes had the ball, they scored. Yeah. 21 0. And it was like, wow, this is done. Yeah. Yeah. And what? There's like seven minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) No, super. I mean, like Stanford was so. That, that sucks. They man. had, I they had like, I think their top four receivers and their quarterback out. And yeah. on top of that, they can't do anything else. But, yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah. Woof. Well, speaking of, um, speaking of people being out is our next game. Cause Aaron, first of all, you kind of called this one. You kind of called this one really well. This is a spoiler for picks. Cause you said you're going with Cal because you could not choose Arizona. Cause True. it was in your heart to go with the team that isn't from Arizona. You, but you did say you were on the record saying that you had a real, real strong feeling that Arizona was going to win, but you didn't. My pick. heart was saying that Arizona was going to win it. But mm-hmm. I had to go with my mind because it's anti Arizona. That is exactly year. what you said. Even right. though I would reverse, but whatever. Yeah, that is exactly what you said. Yeah. And then after that, it was announced that twenty-five, I believe it was twenty-five players on California's roster missed the game due to COVID protocol. Even though Whoa. actually a lot of them apparently did have a negative test, but it, it just got to the point where it wasn't accepted in time or something like that. But 25 players, and I think they said something like five coaches as well, uh, were Jeez. not able to be in this game against Arizona. So then you're thinking like, okay, the Wildcats are about to get their first win since October 2019 or whatever. Like, yes. They're down, including Chase Garbers, like including Chase Garbers. So Garbers is not in the game? No, Garbers did not play this game because of the COVID protocol. 25 people were missing on the California roster. Wow. Final score, 
10 to 3. Arizona for their first win <laughs> since 2019. Woof. Yeah, uh, this game was fun. Like, this game was really fun because I was watching it. With Shit. Just- yeah, I'm you should because I know you got a point now. I got I got that point. You called it though, man. You did yeah. call it. And I was watching this with my girlfriend, and this was definitely sometimes if it's a super close game, I'll want to have the sound on. You know, if it's not a duck game, I'll want to sure. have the sound on. Um sometimes if it's just a blowout and I just want it on the background, we'll mute it and we'll like listen to a podcast or listen to a book on tape, even or something like that. But like this game, and so she was like, is this an important one? Like, do you actually want to listen to it? And I was like, even though the score is at the time, it was 0-0 zero, zero at the half. I was like, God. It's like, even though it's 0-0, zero, zero, this game is very important. This game is like my game of the week. I love this game. Arizona used like three quarterbacks. Both these teams are goddamn. I mean, like California had a pretty great excuse of not looking good in this game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Hitleday, were you as engaged into this one as I was? Because I loved it. Uh, I, I I watched when I could. Um, I I watched the end of the game. Um, I definitely think it's on Cal. They didn't have a second quarterback ready to play. Like that's yeah, uh, not good coaching. Um, yeah. I mean, was he the second? I I you know I'm not as well versed in Cal's roster. Uh, was he like? the second QB or was it's, this like it's hard to tell QB? because they yeah. Cal's Good never point. in garbage time and so they never put their other quarterback in they're always in garbage time they're never in garbage <laughs> time so they never put in this yeah good point uh, 10 to 3. I, I gotta love, you well, know, if it, if, if it was the, SEC or the I mean, Big Ten uh, what I thought was hilarious about it was that there's there is one 30 yard pass to I think Kako Crawford the second longest play that Cal had was a 15 yard penalty from an Arizona player punching a Cal offensive lineman in the nuts oh my god wow that was their second longest gain of the day they're like that's a win for us was the get punched in the nuts offense that's that's gonna be a win I was just like, what a perfect metaphor for this game. Yeah. But guess what? Arizona (laughs) fucking won a fucking football game, and I love it. And, you know, the other important thing about that is that it means that there is only one team in the Pac-12 to have ever gone 0-12. The 2008 Washington Huskies. That is right. Thank God. And we were saying that at the beginning of, uh, or not the beginning, but I think after they lost to like the Lumberjacks, we were saying like, oh no, be on watch because this could be a winless team and that could. You know. Wait, Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks? No, the NAU, no. North, oh, Northern, Northern Arizona. Arizona University. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Which I don't, is there lumber there? Like, I, <laughs> I thought that Northern Arizona point. was like the Grand Canyon and, and not a lot. You know, I think it, I think that's like their like state code word for meth. I yeah. believe. Yeah, I see. Um, so there's Vortexes, in Arizona, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Here we go. The next game. Um, Oregon State versus Colorado. This was <laughs> one. Well, you didn't know what was going to happen. Speaking of interesting kicks, because I actually didn't. This shit is crazy, but I did not watch this game. Unfortunately, I'm planning on watching it in its entirety. Um, double overtime. I believe to get to overtime, an Oregon State kicker had to kick a 60-yard field goal yes. to get to overtime, yes. which nailed a cheerleader in the back of the head. Hope she's all right, but it was funny. I will say that. Hope 60 right. yards? 60 yes. yards. Goddamn What's 60 the, yards. 62 is the longest. Something like that. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's exceptionally long. 
Like, yeah, it's it's a fucking long field goal, man. But they got into overtime. But then in double overtime, Colorado ends up winning it on a field goal. I wow. watched because uh, Oregon I, State misses a thirty-eight yarder. Oh, which is okay, a, there you a go. standard length. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, um, no, I didn't. Crazy, I like, did not watch this game. I do want to watch it. Uh, Hit the day. What were your thoughts on this one? This well, crazy. I mean, I I mean, this is going to be a very rich film study game for me because it's you know it's within the four game window mm-hmm. of when Oregon plays them and you know unlike the utah stanford game that we were talking about the entire game is non-garbage time right True. Like every snap that happens in that game i don't know maybe there's a kneel before halftime but virtually every snap in that game is going to be valuable data and like oregon state was not playing well you know like they huh. their, their defense is really not good they fired their defensive coordinator yeah I, i'm not even really sure that that's super fair though i mean really the problem is he wants to run a three four with a nose tackle and they have not been able to retain a nose tackle both of their nose tackles transferred out of the program well, which is crazy i um, hope i hope so they've been playing least, like it's okay oh, sorry, I, ho- I hope it's at least um for oregon state side um it's a sign that it's because they want to invest in a very good dc hire and help out jonathan smith like i hope that is it and not just like well we'll get someone basically on that same level again you know like i, I hope they get yeah, i mean better. good luck i, I yeah. don't know who that person I mean, would be uh, honestly um yeah you know, that they can do miracles with the talent level that Oregon State's getting. You know, like, I just don't know. I mean, like, and like I was, you know, saying the, you know, Tibisar wants to run a particular system and then he can't run that system because yeah. the team, which Jonathan Smith's got to come in for some of this too, is not able to keep a nose tackle. And so instead he's got to run two, four, five, um, which is not what he wants to do. And like, and they can't stop the run, which like, yeah, no shit at two, four can't stop the run. You just watch that in Seattle, you know? Yeah. Like, um, the, the, so, you know, the, 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 well, for Oregon's purposes, Oregon will play a team that just lost to Colorado and which doesn't have this defensive coordinator. And maybe it wasn't the defensive coordinator's fault, you know? Uh, so those are my thoughts about the game. I think Oregon state screwed for the rest of the season. Um, and it was right. a pretty promising one for them. Yeah. Yeah, it really was for a second. Um, Oregon versus Washington, we kicked ass. We're the best. Um, I guess it's 3-0 against them on our way to 12-0. and uh, Then USC versus Arizona State. God damn USC. Uh, ASU wins 31-16. USC's given up. You- it, it was Bummer. closer than that for much of the game, though. You know, that is like, true. That it, was, it is, and it was th- on that ASU. final score. Yeah. That final score looks like ASU was kicking their ass the whole game. That was That's definitely true. not the case. Yeah, I did watch this one. It was just not very. You just you were watching. I don't know. It's hard to get inside. I mean, it's not relevant to an Oregon fan because Oregon's not going to see. Oregon does not have either of those teams on the regular season schedule, and it is virtually impossible for them to to show up in the Pac-12 championship game. So it's sort of it's a curiosity at yeah. best. But like, yeah, there's a team with two dead head coaches, like dead yeah. men walking. You know, like yeah. Yeah, it, it was uh, and just wandering talent. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, okay, so uh, maybe Graham Harrell will be a Pac-12 coach somewhere for some reason. Okay, um, on to the final segment, though. Some would say the most important segment, actually. The picks. The picks. That's right. It's the Great Pick'em Challenge, the Whoa. contest between Adam and Aaron, your lovely co-hosts here, in which we choose the Pac-12 each week. Right now, Aaron's got a healthy lead, but we'll see. Um, so as we yeah, just I went feel like over, it's about to get destroyed. Yeah, probably. Well, mm, you'll be surprised. 
These are last week's picks. I chose against you in every game but the Oregon game. And don't worry, Aaron, because I also got quite a few wrong. I got Stanford wrong. I got Oregon State wrong. Uh, I got Arizona right because of you, actually. Yeah. Um, That was one of the few ones you got wrong. I guess uh, you chose California and you chose USC. But otherwise, we actually both got three points. So So, uh, I'm still in the hole. Great. You are leading by five points. That's a good stiff arm away. Like, that's kind of tough to catch up to, which means I got to take some chances. Nice. Well, I'm going to be taking chances every week, as we all know. Well, but that's good for me then, I hope. All right. Um, well, let's see. We're starting it off with, I mean, this is, this is, should be easy for you. Utah at Arizona. Uh, I may not even pick against you in this one, depending on who you choose. Oh, you know, I didn't even see that one up there. I was looking right at USC, California, being like, Gugh. <laughs> uh, Utah, Arizona, that's easy, baby. It's the Utes all day. You're going the Utes. Um, damn, I'm just so confident that Arizona will not win this, especially after like I had a little bit of like, I don't know, like good for you kind of energy for Arizona, a little pat on the head for sure. a while. But seeing them struggle for something they want so bad against a Cal team minus 25 goddamn <laughs> players makes me like, no, they they ain't going to win another game. This right. year, that's for sure. So I'm going with Utah. Unfortunately, I, sure. I just, I can't fall behind you anymore. And yeah. Safety first, baby. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you see any world in which Arizona beats Utah today? Oh no. I, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's 11 the one world. Is that for whatever reason, somehow Utah has to, uh, you know, forfeit? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then Arizona wins. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess COVID. <laughs> like, that's the world. But so even then, right? You just cancel the game. No one wins, but like something's got to happen where oh, Utah no, there's literally be like, you know what? We gracefully bow out after they, they change the, the rules play. now. If you do, if you're the school that they can't field a team because of COVID, then you have to forfeit and you take the loss. Yeah. Oh, that's real. So that's yeah. the that's that the world. wasn't the case in 2020, but they've yeah. changed it to be. Oh, the case well, then there it is. Yeah, there that's it is. Probably why COVID. Cal went for it, despite being down 25 players. Um, USC because they almost fucking like won or tied at least. USC at California. I do not know if these. A lot of these players probably will be back. I don't know about Garbers, but a lot of them probably will. Uh, USC has given up as much as a team has given up. Right. So but I Cal don't know. Blows. Cal's not good. USC's not good. Both schools are in California. There's another little tidbit for you. That's a wait. The <sighs> University of California and the University of Southern California are both located in California. That's what I. Where do you go on this one? Boy, I don't. I I do not love making this pick on a Monday night. I would want to right? wait till Friday to yeah. know what Cal's getting back because, like, yeah, USC is totally given up. But if USC plays the Cal that just played in Utah or excuse me in Arizona, uh, you know they'll kill him. So I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think All a right. fully. I think a full. If the, if the team that just beat Oregon State like a week or two ago uh, shows up. You know, to play USC at home. You know, this one's in the in 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 Cal Memorial Stadium, uh, Strawberry Canyon. Uh, I think that Cal team wins, but like 
until you confirm for me the Chase Garbers and and there's offensive line and and the other necessary parts of that team are there, like oh, stay away, man. Ooh. That makes it easy. I'm going with USC. Damn. Um. So this one I'm gonna go with. Let me look. I'm looking at the other one, seeing if there's possible way for me to catch up because I'd rather not pick Cal, but I <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna just just in the hope that I catch up. I'm going to go with Cal, but that's a bad pick. After that week, and we don't know who's coming back is a bad pick. Right. I'm picking it. I'm picking it. Oh, you know what? Now that I've realized, too, that I can actually screw you with who I pick based off of who I think you want to pick. To well, kind of. I mean, we'll see. Go ahead. Try. Stanford well, at Oregon State. Oregon yeah, State all day. You're going to Oregon State? This is actually tough because both the well, I normally I would go with Oregon State. Right. I guess I feel confident enough to well, I mean, like Stanford's not gonna win this, but I'll put some risky bet on them because I'm just going opposite. I gotta I'm hoping yeah. you have a really bad week. I mean, we were just discussing, weren't we, how Stanford is terrible? Yeah. And Oregon they State. lost coaches or something? Uh, no, Oregon State lost the coach. They lost oh, the that's what it was. Shit. Well, I don't know if that'll... Stanford's bad, my man. Uh, and who knows if Tanner McKee will be back. I don't know why he was actually out. So, mm, yeah. I don't mm. think that's going to be good. I, I it, thought I saw him on crutches. Oh, okay. And that's Oregon State needs this for... Or they don't absolutely need it, but this would get them to bowl like you know this would get them to the bowl game for the first time in a long time and it's it's a good opportunity you know one of their games left is against Oregon so they got to take the opportunity when they can they're going to be coming firing all cylinders and in Corvallis they've been you know they've been pretty good so um yeah <laughs> but that being said my pick is Stanford so fuck <laughs> uh Arizona State at Washington oh well, I'm going no with Jimmy the Huskies, Lake. obviously. No Jimmy Lake. Okay. So this I mean, right. no Jimmy Lake, no John Donovan, like Washington yeah. by 50. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel confident in Arizona State winning this one. I mean, Arizona State ain't, you know, they're, they're sloppy as hell. But I think they'll be able to beat Washington because they just don't have a fucking offense. Like, we'll see. Simple as that. Um, yeah, Ooh, it would be funny one. as hell if Washington won I, that one. I actually, I think probably the smart, I mean, it forced me to make a pick. I would go with Arizona State. Right. But there's a scenario where Washington wins this game. And the reason is that, like, Arizona State is not a very patient, methodical team. Like, they are very reliant on explosive plays. And what does Washington's defense do? Limits them, creates turnovers. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, for, you know, as, as sort of an undisciplined, fiery team as Arizona State is, like, I definitely see Washington's defense playing against them pretty well. And, like... It's not like Washington has a you know great offense and Arizona State's defense is pretty good you know too. But if they keep this to be you know pretty low scoring game and like hit a couple of lucky shots you mm -hmm. know against Arizona State's secondary, which I still don't think Arizona State secondary is real hot stuff. Like there's a scenario in which Washington wins this game, and then you look back in hindsight and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense actually. Yeah. Um, mm. 
Well, like, again, I'm not guaranteeing that it, w- that it happens, but there are sometimes that a team wins where you're just like, that win didn't make any sense, like at all. That shouldn't have happened. Like, for example, Wazoo against Arizona State a couple of weeks ago, where yeah. like, that happened because Arizona State threw like five, like crazy, you know, like they, you know, they weren't interceptions. They were passing plays in which the receiver catches it and then fumbles. And it's like, that's a super low probability event. And it doesn't make sense that that happened. Mm-hmm. If Washington wins this game, it, they could win it in a game where you look back and say like, Oh yeah, actually I can see how those pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, I think there's a reason why, you know, if you watch that Washington team who just played and you watched, you know, Arizona state and all their other games, you would think that this line should be like Arizona state by 15 and it's instead Arizona state by like five. I think for that, the reasons that I just laid out. There you go. Well, we'll see what happens. Colorado at USC, LA, <laughs> USC, LA. Wow. Colorado at UCLA. Um, Colorado coming off a win over the Beavs. That's pretty good for them. They've been a real strange team this season. Overall bad. Yeah. Interesting. Um, UCLA had that spark at the beginning beating a bad LSU. They've kind of fallen apart a little bit. Uh, Chip Kelly a little bit on the hot seat. Who are you going with, man? Buffs or Bruins? Well, I'm pretty sure we all know how I feel about old potato chip. I'm going Colorado, Adam. Going Colorado. I'll go UCLA. This is actually... I have no idea who's going to freaking win this game. No idea. This is the one I feel least confident in. I mean, Vegas has it as a 17-point line for UCLA. Really? Um, Yeah. Wow. Which mm. I have a hard time understanding why that is, and the fact that Aaron picked Colorado means Colorado is a mortal lock. Yeah, no, I, w- I mean, I would definitely at least put money on that line. That's ridiculous. Yeah, in, for in sure. Colorado's favor. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Then the final one. Let's say all three of our picks on the on the count of you know zero or whatever. Uh, we'll we'll all say our picks here. So. Three, two, one. Washington State. Oregon. All right. Well, there we go. (laughs) I'm picking Washington State. Y'all going with Oregon. Uh, We're about. Are you gonna go? You are you gonna go Washington? I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. Uh, Both because I want to catch up, but also because if we do lose, which I don't, I don't actually think we will. But if we do, I'll at least have the satisfaction of being like, well, at least I was how, right on my podcast. How hmm. could we lose? Hitler Day, give me a scenario in which we lose this game. Washington State is a relatively effective passing offense. I mean, they're in all four quadrants of football. They're underwater. Um, but it's like 48%. They're like a 48% team at, in you know rush offense, pass offense, rush defense, pass defense. Um, 48% is not great it's underwater but it's you know you can kind of string your team along long enough to hit some explosive plays get some turnovers they are really good at turnover margin um like every time it's crazy like every time the ball hits the ground wazoo recovers it whether they fumbled it or whether the opponent fumbled it um now maybe that's just good luck and luck can turn at any point um uh you know hard to say the, the the way that Oregon wins this game is they just run the ball a million times like Washington State can't stop Oregon's rushing attack and so you know if Oregon's smart they just run the ball a million times and and they just take all the oxygen out of the room and you know they only need to get a couple of stops against you know that passing attack which like I said can be explosive but it's also pretty inefficient and there's probably some stops to be had mm-hmm. um you know the the like 
straightforward, pure football, traditional way of analyzing a game says like Oregon should run all over this team. And if they can run all over a team, they win a game sort of automatically. Um, Mm -hmm. But like it's a night game against Washington State you know, black magic is what this team does. Like, I don't blame you at all, Adam, for just having a gut feeling that Wazoo's going to win this. 7.30 p.m., Pac-12 Madness, baby. Uh, it is in Austin, it should be said. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think we're actually going to win it, but it makes me feel better. And I want to catch up. It's more important But I mean, me. if you... So you've picked opposite me every single one. Not every single one. I think we... Oh. On one of those on... um, I, I went with Utah because I just haven't... It's a it's a tough gamble you're running here. Yeah. See, I would be more disposed to agreeing with every if I was behind, I would want to agree with as many as I could, but each week pick two that were different so I could slowly chip away or but also not lose my ass. Aaron, you have to like if you're ahead, you must be forced to pick first because you could you you are guaranteed to win if you if Adam is allowed to p- pick first, then you just pick the same thing that Adam does and he can sure. never create any separation. No, I mean if I was behind, no, I would if I was behind, thing, yeah. I would always pick what Adam picked, except mm. for two or three. So that way I'm either chipping away at what I'm behind or I'm not losing my total ass whenever I do get some wrong. I get it. Well, you know what I mean? Everyone plays the game differently, my man. Uh, just like the Huskies play the game of football really poorly and the Ducks kick a lot of ass. Uh, yeah. That was a that was a fun beat down. I almost liked it more that it was low scoring because like anyone who watched that game, though, like you knew the Ducks Dude. were coming. Do either of y'all remember offhand what Hithliday predicted the score to be? Because you were I, I only did. off by a I few did points. just listen to it. You you gave like two scores. I, I said it was either, either going to be like 24 to 10 or yeah. 27 to 13. That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. But both pretty damn close to the score. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. We had a great week of football. We all need to treat that like a goddamn holiday that was. We beat them in Seattle. Uh, hey, and Washington State's coming up. Listeners of the Quack 12, uh, expect in this feed in a couple of days or so, we'll have an interview with a Washington State uh, know-it-all, Washington State expert. Should be fun. Look deeper into that roster. Um, I hope to God the next time we talk in this format, we'll be celebrating a Washington State win and be two games away from an 11-1 season. That's what I'm hoping. Knock on wood. I don't know. Uh, that being said, it's a been a pleasure. Well, I'm going to be celebrating celebrating a Washington State loss. What, did I just say Washington State win? Oh, yeah. fuck. I knew what you meant gone when over. you said it. A win over Washington State. but It's because the, the pick-ems are so important to me. It's more important <laughs> than my duck fandom at this point. I need to beat you. So I, it's not a waste of time, all this football I'm watching. Right. Um, well, I mean, as long as I win... <laughs> then this podcast in general is not a waste of my time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> as soon as I start losing, I have to question my uh, desire to be on the show. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Well, I'm glad you're on the show. Your space <laughs> looks great. Um, everyone watching this on YouTube, you see how awesome uh, Pierce Deer's recording studio looks here. Uh, and then uh, Hitler Day, as always, thanks for joining the pod. Please go over to Addicted to Quack. Check out Duck Tape for these yep. awesome previews and reviews of, of Duck football games. Uh, Day, I hope you have a fun time watching the game this Saturday. Uh, thanks. I, I'm looking forward to it, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Hey, 
Yes, sir. Fifth of the day. Uh huh. You seem to always be on other podcasts and such. Are there any upcoming episodes that you want to pitch out for people to go listen to other places where you are showing up? Oh, uh, well, I mentioned I, I was on the, the Coog Center pod, uh, you know, talking about Oregon. Um, but uh, uh, no, I haven't really been doing, you know, any others uh, uh, the, during the season. I, I'm, I'm pretty slammed during the season. I got to write two articles every week. Um, oh, I guess that's true. Uh, I, I do the article. I, I do the podcasts that are necessary in order for me to do my work, which occasionally means going on theirs. Like Adam pimps me out like he did on, on this one. Uh, <laughs> in order to earn a reciprocal interview uh, i love it i love it uh but yeah no during i mean during the off season i tend to be you know a guest on a bunch of other podcasts because they're desperate for content and i will never sure. shut up so you just wanted to squeeze that last question into the pod didn't you i um, had to one, one last little question all right yeah it was a good one it was a good one yeah check out uh on coog center that podcast interview uh with it today will be posted i'm sure i i believe it may be up by the time this episode's out already uh that's a good listen we got an episode coming out like we said at quack 12 podcast at hithla day one we love you duck fans unless you're unless you live in arizona and no thank you but at least uh, we, this year yeah we love y'all duck fans go ducks uh quack 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 quack